to my lovely IHP community. We have a special as we do close on out the year. There's definitely more to share with you on what we got to discuss on a couple of episodes for sure. And that would be where if you are a emotional grown-up with yourself, it means that you unconditionally love easily the quirks that come forth from you. So actually, I'm going to read to you all a cute question, one of the many that I was um, getting to work through. And it's 99 mindful uh, questions, mindful conversation topics for deeper connections. So it's really interesting. And if you ever need anything to chit chat about with your loved ones, here, this one's good. So (laughs) on that note, Number six, at least for this one, I believe there's more than just one area. What is your favorite thing about your personality? And the aspect that came to my mind for me personally was quirky, nerdy, uh, open-hearted, naivete, all of that, which essentially an inner child of any one of us, which people like, um, what's his name, the IFS guy, Internal family system model is by a man, doctor, named uh, not Schwartz. It's something. I don't remember. Dick is the, it's Richard, but he has the, I always remember that name. I I barely use it ever, except for Vic Van Dyke. It was Dick Van Dyke from one of those TV shows I would watch when I was growing up. But yes, so Dick, Richard something. I thought Schwartz, but I'm not sure it's Schwartz. Uh, I think it's an actually different name. What I'm trying to get to, give me one second, uh, is that we all have these charged parts is what I like to use as the organization that I was given in my basic trauma course with Sue Martin in Somatopia's Dr. Albert's course. So the charged parts, they're frozen in icicles is how they, they explain it. And I understand it personally, people who don't understand that they are emotional and that biology, emotion, that these are all topics. And when I say people don't understand, I'm talking about people who don't care to support as a professional other people, obviously. So a day-to-day person is not going to (laughs) believe like they don't believe in Reiki or they're going to fear it. Okay. And I am always laughing because the only time I get to meet with peers me is when I'm talking to my therapy educators. That's the only time I'm, I'm with peers because they are well informed on mysticism. Also, the open minded, good peers, meaning the ones who are 5D, excuse me, they're all good, but some of them are not good in my book because evil ignorance is pretty much all ignorant people who need a good therapist. So they're not evil because of a devil or demon. No, they have unresolved trauma, they project it, they get envious, jealous, spiteful. They get into um, manipulating information, even subject matter experts. There's so many ways as we move forward. I'm going to do my best personally to bring you what is an open-hearted three-year-old without any issue. So my favorite, again, personality trait is being a nerdy, fucking naive. I'm not naive. I I just enjoy life because I got to have a good three-year-old body, basically. So... My implicit memory and my implicit bias is that everything's going to be fine. That's what it is in my nervous system, people. (laughs) It's not in my brain, meaning I know what's going on outside. 
And I always think of that dude who went up to or was with the Dalai Lama and fucking had the actual guts in my book to be the most disrespectful fucking human being ever because that you go in the front of the Dalai Lama, if this is true, and you actually spell out what was told to me who from whoever and wherever it was I, that, that I saw this where he's like, ah, oh, what are you laughing at? There's killings going on in the world and I'm like what the fuck did you not go to business maybe you don't have a graduate degree you must be ignorant something's wrong with you because maybe in your book of brain you have no sense of the gist of what a Dalai Lama is I mean again I don't care if I speak like a monkey meaning an ignorant person I know the word Dalai Lama throughout my high school years or somewhere I came across this is an enlightened being who's going to smile at all shit. And the fact that you present yourself in front of him and have the, it's like a business owner who goes to business meeting. And that's exactly why I have no words for the people who others want to call leaders. Yeah, no, the only person who's a leader in my book is a person who will look at every person with dignity because they know inside that they're not superior or inferior to anyone. That's called healthy self-worth. That's when I see a leader. doesn't matter where they're standing. I will see it because that's what a, person who's an adult say grounded mystic or not it's called i know what it means to be a person i'm not anyone above you or below you and it doesn't matter what story you will have told me what story i will have grown up with i grew up with catholicism i'm not an ignorant ancient silverback in fact i find it quite to say the least very uh, sensible, meaning I understand why they are what they are at this point. I also understand why they're like screaming bloody murder as everything that, which by the way, as an entrepreneur, they're stupid. This is the part that I'm like, wow, you really don't see with your executive decision-making function areas because if you did, you'd be smart. And what you're doing is completely, completely off because you can't see where we're headed, apparently, or, or wait, I'm so sorry, there's a divide, we got a group of ancient silverbacks, and then we got a group who are not, and so you need to decide, structure, where are you going to go, are you going to demolish yourself by remaining within your ancient texts, which are fear-mongering, because that's what they are, because if you can't accept polyamory and people who want to be using days, and that means you don't understand the word, forgive them for they do not know or turn the other cheek, or how about walking with all the people? How about don't cast the fucking stone? Like if you don't understand basic words, I think somebody needs to unplug their ears, which would be the people who are holding on to ancient texts written in the ancient time in a word that does not exist anymore right now. Okay, so the people up there is who I'm talking about. I don't talk about the people who follow the leaders. I'm talking about the ones who are actually leading these institutions. So they are not smart. If they were, they wouldn't be crumbling like little bricks that are falling down. And yeah, you can stay with your, like the, the story of, what was it? Um, that egg, he falls off the wall and the Humpty Dumpty, Humpty Dumpty fell off a wall. Did all the king's men, they put him back together. He's full of creases and cracks. So it's a distortion. I mean, sure, we'll have people who potentially, I mean, I can't even imagine, but you never know. Ignorance is definitely something some people will go for because their inner world is full of unresolved trauma and they have the magic wand of, oh, oh, I want people to stand with me and point a finger and shame those other people. So long story short, a blind man will lead a blind man and blind women and blind all. And there you go. There's the adaptive children because what they're busy doing is 
the left mode destroying everything that, no, it's called their brain goes rigid, cognitive dissonance, implicit bias. It's called the sensitive ego. It's called all of the ones who are yelling at each other. And again, anybody who's up on a fucking podium is not a leader just because they're there. No, in fact, you'll notice again, a leader, if they're bringing people together by saying, hey, hey, let's calm down here. No, no, we are not going to take sides. We're not going to let the people whining over here or the ones whining over there do anything. You both need to shut up for a minute and calm down. One way, shape, or form, a grown-up comes in and says, okay, we hear, yes, and actually we respectfully want to hear both sides stop yelling at each other like you're in the middle of a mud ring. We're not in the ancient times. Can you calm down? That's what a leader will do. It will be shush the mouth now. Shut it. Okay, are you ready to talk? That's how a grown-up handles a child when they don't know how to handle their energy, which is every single adult out there that acts like a buffoon. But we have a lot of platforms, so those echo chambers, you got them yelling in the way that they want to yell at each other and do what they're doing. And those are all people who don't know anything about themselves. Back to what I was trying to get to, which is the self and this man from IFS because he is the one who defined this self and it's separate from the ego. So again, remember that words are used in specific ways. I'm not trying to give you a list of them because I don't remember regurgitation of information like that, which is why I'm pseudoscience lady and woo-woo also. But on that note, where are you? Okay, so I will not find it because I don't think I took it with this phone. But he was being interviewed on explaining all of the different family system parts because you got firefighters, managers, executives. I don't know all of them by heart, but uh, the managers come in to, for example, get a hand, oh, exiles. And so the exiles are the ones you want to try and get to so that they can release and, and share the, the energy of the fear and the upset. And basically, um, the exiles have been exiled, but that means they were not allowed to process emotions that came up. And the firefighters are the ones who, when the exiles come in by being reactive, they, they put out the fires. And this is, I don't prefer this wording at all, personally, because they give roles to emotional parts of you that are actually part of your story. So if you're with a therapist that uses those parts, that's where you're going to learn about it. That way, I like to just, again, use our charge parts. But the self is what he was saying, independently from how many parts and all of the conflict that was going on, there always was and always is this part of you, and he says, I called it the self, that would be there. You can't lose it. It's always there. So if you're able to speak, get a person to calm down, and then they get to explain to you what's happening, calm down is important. Because like a three-year-old, if you're crying, 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 you're not calm. You can't use your prefrontal cortex, which is your higher functioning area in the first place, to explain the data, to explain the story, and then explain the emotion. So the reality is there is a way for in the calmness of you to explain yourself and to have chit chat and this self every one of us has the self and he says it's a inner child so all of them agree on this self being the pure consciousness and here's where purusha 
unconditional love and prakriti, that pure energy. So the spirituality texts, and I only learn spirituality from Sadhguru. Other than that, I have had a background with religion, but I don't bring that one up because I don't feel it's necessary to bring in any of belief system since the attachment neurobiology and the trauma attachment as well, or neurobiology of trauma, excuse me, both are explaining exactly why people behave how they do and why their mind ruminates and why it's challenging when they're in structural dissociation and in their biological rudeness, which isn't because they're rude, it's because they're reactive from their 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and it's all the way up till 16. Part is the story that has been created has been created following the way you feel about yourself. So if your first three years of life, you did not get attached in a secure way, well, you're not fucked, but you pretty much have a defectiveness shame button going on and triggers. And so it's up to you if you want to become your pure, innocent, open-hearted three-year-old or not. This is why you choose to love. And here's where for me, Jesus made it easy because of what he spoke. And in fact, I love Sadhguru's interpretation of he's not saying to do anything except for don't be reactive. And that's the very spot of where we can come together and know the adaptive child is always reactive. They go rigid in their brain and or chaotic, which means I'm going to prove I'm right and I'm going to start arguing with you in a certain way and I'm going to feel that I'm arguing. I'm going to be debating with you, not having a interaction, not open-heartedly and spontaneously just enjoying chit-chat about whether it be religion or social sciences or psychology so topics that are very beautiful to talk about people don't know how to talk they don't do functional adult love language they do adaptive child it ain't love <laughs> no it's reactive three-year-old broken-hearted might i add low self-esteem indirect communicators passive aggressive they don't know they don't know anything. See, a securely attached person, we don't need boundaries because boundaries would mean that you have a weapon in your hand and I need to protect myself. And really, if I'm that aware that you are a danger, I ain't near you. I don't create a boundary. I actually move away from you completely and I disengage. I don't need to maintain healthy boundaries because that means you're cramping my dreamer and doer style. The minute that I turn around is the minute that I know you could come... Pfft, you're not going to stab me. No, you're just making life not fun because you're competing or manipulating. Whatever it is you're doing, that's not the way that I fly. And that's not flying because technically you're not flying. You're on the ground and you're not pulling me because I'll notice what you're doing. So here's why when we unconditionally love, again, we don't need boundaries. The data is clear. The minute you are reactive, I know I have a child in front of me. The minute you are instead active because you're open, you're spontaneous, I'm having fun with you, you're having fun with me, it's always a joyride. And we are going to keep soaring. Nobody's going to fall. So that emotional maturity and that emotional plane and uh, the way we vibe. Remember I was reading to you about Gabor Matei. Let me see if I can find it. Where people meet each other at a level of emotional um, here he is so people always meet at the same level of emotional development or trauma resolution i would say that that's only one aspect i've met a lot of people and i continue always to grow and i don't separate 
again, I don't need to cancel or cut people out. There's a recalibration that happens because it's very easy for a grown-up to know, wait, they were reactive here, 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 and here. Okay, here's how I'm going to handle this. Okay, there you go. Done. It's done. I've done it with, I don't even know. I lost count of how many adaptive children with unresolved trauma there are because they all choose apparently to continue being, I'm going to prove I'm right. Okay, and so we unconsciously love people who don't know their own self-worth because, you know, we stay away from them as negative people. They always have a problem for humanity and we only have solutions. So our toxic positivity, we don't want to rub it off. <laughs> we're, we're happy to not rub off our woo-woo-ness and we're happy that they can be wherever they want and that they will not heal what hurt them, but they definitely will not bleed on us because we don't like bleeders. What bleed leads? No, not in the book of a smart person. A smart person disengages from that type of stuff because we're like, whoa, you're not doing anything to solve this. You keep bringing me a problem. That is your problem, though. And your story is a human suffering tale. And anytime there's an opportunity with good trauma experts, hmm, it seems that the only thing you like hearing is that you have a mantle and that you are apparently a light worker because of your special clairs hmm yeah no there's not special clairs it's actually clairs and you're not special and i'm not special but then again we are all special because nobody is like you and nobody's like me but you don't seem to be wanting to actually become the full-on empress because your limited mind you consistently support it versus getting out of that negative mindset oh wait toxic positivity there isn't toxic positivity for people who have a true relationship with their inner world it's only for the people who don't have a relationship with their nervous system and when people create words and then they use them some of us are like yeah you know if you know and learn equanimity in your body you're going to find it's positive negative that's it toxic is a word used by people who don't know how to do their inner world and they learned it from someone else and now they're using it and they're frustrated. So if they're frustrated with the toxic positive people, they're going to be, ah, toxic positivity, those spiritual cults, they're all demons and devils and, and everything. <laughs> oh, by the way, I found this thing. It was so interesting on The Economist. I was like, okay, the, the lovely spirituality community, they got competition coming up. Okay, so a group of, lo and behold, drum roll please, please drum rolls, Californian Christians might have a solution to America's obesity problem. Now, that is a CTA or what is it? A uh, not call to action, not yet. Um, but it is one of those sentences created in a way of, oh, let's see, how many can we attract? Clickbait? Not really. They're just learning how to do copy. That's all this is. Following the teachings of a niche Protestant denomination is not the only way to live a long, healthy life, but they do hold lessons for tackling obesity. Uh-huh. So yoga can tackle obesity. That's why I was saying, lo and behold, drum roll, we got a Christian group now going on and talking about how the Christians are going to help you to get out of obesity. <laughs> and it's not about Christians. Again, I am one. I actually find it humorous that people don't realize that they are going to find a solution to your inner world and your health by eating moderately. It doesn't need to be yoga from spirituality. It doesn't need to be Christian from religion. It, it actually is called, do you eat healthy? Did, did you go to school? Okay, so on a serious note, some people, they might have gone to school. Yes, they do go to school. It's actually obligatory. 
but I'm not sure all the teachers are actually healthy in the way that they actually want to eat or in the way that they speak. Because again, uh, mixing sciences and spirituality, mm, I'm going to say spirituality needs to be put to the side because it's a story and sciences needs to be able to be open to all that comes the way. So what we have though are educators who are sciences people who mix, and I've seen it being done, their belief system with what they teach. Like the attachment lady who while she's teaching about how to have the perfect partner male, and this just made me vomit in my stomach because I'm like, wow, I know men that will be very happy to do everything she's spelling out. And I find it not only demasculating, I find it completely ridiculous. And I'm like, what is this, your child who's going to be the perfect little doll for you and you're the perfect doll like what what are we playing is this a movie of a cartoon because I'm feeling that you're actually working to mold each other into something it feels not like pieces of life coming to life it feels more like meet every request I want please here it is so this woman who's great I'm sure I know she knows her shit but she's speaking in this energy and she's doing this thing and she begins with basically every woman's dream is here let me help you learn how to get your hubby to basically do what you want them to do and i'm like what the hell so again whenever i think i can't uh take the side for men because i'm a woman and any man that i've ever talked to apparently is more than not going to support overgeneralizations and stereotypes so that's when i have to look away because otherwise i'm going to be very much not looking at them in a way that yeah, I don't want to. So I have been told that I am a woman and therefore that I cannot understand. <laughs> so on that note, I'm, like, I'm going to leave it alone. It's better that way. And so yes, this woman, she's a social attachment researcher, something like that. And she's telling these viewers what they need to do. And as she's ending... She's talking about how she got rid of the devil who was coming in with those nasty negative thinking thoughts and how she was basically putting into practice what is called meditation, compassionate interventions. It was kind thinking, that's all she was doing. Let me silence the left mode of my chit-chatter inner critic and outer critic and let me get out of rumination. She was getting out of rumination by praying and thinking of God but accusing the thoughts of being the devil which is like okay wow that's that's a story for you huh wow okay I didn't think of accusing the devil for negative thinking I would think of it as the shame cycle aren't you a attachment researcher did you not wait, wait a minute what happened here hmm you're confusing no you're not confusing you're bringing into the mix the things you believe in with the sciences you're learning. Great and dandy. A smart person will notice that, which is why it won't be something that influences me. I know, wow, I found out a lot about you today, which would be your, you know, Barbie girl with Ken, and you have the biblical text that tells you think positive, and you used it to support yourself to get out of your shame cycle. That's great and dandy, and now you're professing it as it's part of your therapy, whatever it is, uh, certificate program you got going on. Now, basically, you're using your thetoscope to say, I'm an expert, and then you're bringing in, of course, who you are. That's totally normal, because otherwise I wouldn't know you're a human. What I, I mean, so again, the part of what is being mixed in is where all that people can educate you on can support you. I'm trying to help people to see the story behind the data. The story is subjective. It's not important, quote unquote. It's important for those who will resonate. So 
the Christians are going to be like, yay, I want the Protestant dude to help me get over obesity. The ones who are into yoga and spirituality, oh, yay, I want the spirituality from Sadhguru yoga stuff because I feel more like I belong over there than over here. This is called I know myself and I know that I like that story more than that story because it feels that it resonates more to what I believe is the end of the world or not. Okay, so this is my point. If you're smart, you're able to not be offended by any of this because a story is a story and belief systems are stories. Data is data. So data, yoga, and interventions of meditation and mindfulness. The machines that are not evil, <laughs> can evil. The fact that you can start praying and that you can have a belief and that it can help you to get out of negative thinking is something, duh. Did anybody not learn how to harness your own thoughts? So it's not about minimizing and diminishing. And the only people who have that type of reaction are the same inner children with broken hearts who want to have something set in stone that makes them feel better because they're still unconsciously scared of, no, there's more than one option. That's straightforward. The only reason you'd be unfavorable to more options is because you don't know how to stay on track. And this is why I don't want to go down the philosophical lane because it's only normal for the human condition of your secondary consciousness to play a role. Before you can explore with fun, curiosity, openness, awareness, and love, coal, life, you have to be able to be part, present, attuned, resonate, and trust with yourself. This is where I'm trying to, for this one, say you with yourself. And that involves your first three years of life, implicit memory, which means if you have a trust break with humanity and you need something that says Christians can help you, yoga can help you, you're already going with a story can help you versus what do you need help on? Is it that you feel unhappy inside your body? Okay, so one, obesity. There's a lot of different areas that obesity, why we have an issue. I was watching a couple of documentaries on that, and for America specifically, one of them was, was saying how the FDA will need to change, for example, their uh, laws on allowing specific types of preservatives and conservatives, or whatever they're called, because the studies for the poor, poor rats, I can't even handle hearing when animals, but... The rats were showing that the problem with American obesity is actually preservatives. They were doing tests, and some people are like, oh, that's not true. That can't be it. It makes a lot of sense to me because when I travel, all I need to do is be in the U.S. soil, begin eating, and I'm like poofy balloon here. I feel it because I feel my body, and it might be water retention. Whatever it is, I go from being in a what I'm going to say, slim and just feeling my organic self to some bloatedness, which has no <laughs> reason for being there yet. Some people say it's mental. Fine, go for the mental. I don't give a shit. But my point is this. The obesity is not necessarily just because of what you're bringing into your mouth. It is being shown that there's more to it. When people just read headlines and then they don't actually gain more information from different sources and they don't even know where they're getting it. So if you're going to get sources from people who are trying to prove mythology, okay, seriously, okay, let's just go to the flat earthers then because seriously, that, that's how I feel about stuff like that. But apparently people do have backgrounds where they're not 
um, what's the word, educated. So when you have toxic households where a person will have had childhood trauma environment and their dignity taken away, as Patrick Tiahan has pointed out, and I was just thinking about that. So if you have a, let's say it's a neglectful household, there are areas of your physical brain that don't get stimulated to where you can feel pleasure of being yourself because you weren't applauded enough. And the, the comparison was for Bezel van der Kolk was about, you know, when he goes visits his grandkids. They all go up showing him his, the pictures that they created and, and all that. And he was saying, this is where they're being, um, the brain, the way it's working is if you praise them and you're paying attention, their brain and that area gets activated to no pleasure, pleasantness, meaning I, I feel good inside about myself, about just, it's the, it activates that brain area. You don't need more words. It's that people will say, no, that's bullshit, basically, okay? So long story short, people that don't want to believe in neurobiology of attachment and trauma and the fact that our brain structure actually has areas that the good trauma experts and attachment experts are saying the first year of life is important for attachment. Those first three years of life are important for how your brain structure will be able to develop. And if I don't applaud you and I'm not present with you, but if I have a passive way, so you come to me as an infant, you're trying to get my attention and I literally don't even turn to look at you. I don't engage with eye contact. I don't touch you. I don't, you're not, your brain, the area that needs stimuli in order for it to be activated, you will not learn how, it doesn't go on. Now you can activate it on your own. And here, Bezel talks about yoga, music, art, theater, because theater allows you to role play and you can begin to work areas. And then here we have mindfulness, meditation, and compassion interventions. They work to strengthen your mind. They work to get your brain, excuse me, into moving those areas or growing those areas that were impeded in their growth because of not having the household environment that would stimulate what you as a mammal and as a person with a body and an embodied brain can have with the right environment, which is your home. In fact, Bezel, in the, this is my updated trauma course with uh, NICABM, but this one's just ours, no certificate. And they were talking about how to support people that could be quote unquote blocked, meaning that are having a bit of a challenge moving out of their trauma stuff. And he was saying he hopes to see that in schools at some point, there's a way to stimulate the frontal lobes so that they can be activated in the environment of school with the ventral vagal. Because a kid who's growing up in a home that's not safe, that doesn't have the nurturing capacity, um, the child will only know how to get into quote-unquote trouble but it's not because they want to. It's that they don't know what it's like to be in a safe body. So they, there's a way that the brain structure, you can't see it on the outside. Only a person who knows about the embodied brain can explain it to you. And here's why, while people want to use stories to talk about each other, some of us, we try to use data with the human love narrative. I raise my hand. And to say, when people are of your circle, you have either the ability to be the functional adult 
and to unconsciously love yourself and others with flaws and imperfections and to therefore then provide someone with an opportunity to, um, uh, what's the word, an opportunity to begin what is a relationship that can potentially get a person who will be aware of themselves to their actual human heritage. And while some groups and leaders are concerned, they're not leaders in my book, but for others they are, they're concerned with upholding ancient scripture and texts as if these are what are required, that's a contour. The blueprint or the, the, the foundation, the data, is you're an embodied brain. There's nothing wrong with having the data. It doesn't make mysticism, for example, any less beautiful. No, it makes it a lot more beautiful for the 5D mystic who doesn't need the story because we are all special because no one is a another person and we all have a story to share but the part that is more important is that some of us can do it safely and quirky and and spontaneously and then there are others who can't those others have a journey and those others will end up either with those ancient silverbacks, the culty cults, ethical cults, traditional cults, because they will stay within their dysregulated and modulated embodied self. Because see, to get out of that type of experience of a body and your own unresolved trauma attachment wounds requires the person to say, you know what, I know that I can feel human love in my body. I know that I don't have to choose to be an enemy with people. I know I can choose to be open-hearted versus spiteful or envious or, or jealous. I can choose love. So you choosing is number one always because it's your story to begin with. You begin life with being held in a certain way. Nobody got to choose their family. Now I know the 4D mystic mantra and I'm going to share that because I remember learning it as well as just with God alone, right? We we. We will all be brothers and sisters if you're talking about God alone. For me, that's what I learned. And now that I'm a 5D mystic, I'm still in the same boat because we're just one big ball of energy split up into different energetic pieces. But we're one big oversoul. And so I can, you know, lead it that way back home and around. But 4D, they talk about you choose your karma. You choose your this. You choose your that. There's past lifetimes. And I've done plenty of Akashic Record readings at this point to say all of the ones that I did, all these people did not take what was given to them to expand their personal development. No. They had fun. They were entertained. And then when it came to, okay, here's what you have the opportunity to do. It's to move beyond your mindset of I am defective and I have an enemy it's called people around me <laughs> that's, that's hilarious because it's always the same it's uh I'm going to let me let me explain it um because I'm trying to think how can I ensure that you understand what has you feel more expanded in your own innocent way with a outside world and being aware of where you are continuing to hold the limited vision of your tomorrow. So I'm going to try and use an example. Um, if I'm getting the opportunity to embrace more, I'm going to use the word femininity, okay? So if I'm getting the opportunity after having been treated in many past lifetimes, like 
a shit, a piece of shit. And I've had to be strong, okay? And I've had to, quote unquote, because for those of you who are not in the plane of mysticism, I know this is for you woo-woo stuff, so just bear with me for a minute. But for people who know about past lives, so if in all of the past lives, there's the very specific energetic imprint that uh, you had a rough life, you're teased, you're used like basically like a slave to others, but you made the choice. You made the choice because you wanted to make a difference in that way. And there's a whole way that when you get to channel for people, it will make sense to them. So this is not supposed to make sense to you. You want to just follow that I'm talking to you about person who's being presented year after year after year of who knows how many of consistently being it's like life is hard I have to work hard uh, people are evil and we're going to use the word woman because it's a she and so women the women women are envious jealous they're my enemies they're 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 always up to try and you know be catty and whatever so the whole stereotypes you got it all over the place and the opportunity is for them to actually embrace their femininity versus go the route that they've consistently had lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, which is kind of like the um, hunchback of Notre Dame. It's the best way I can give you the representation of the energetic imprint of this, this story. Okay, so there's a hunchback of Notre Dame type scenario, but we're able in this lifetime to embrace what would be like the frog that turns into a prince but it's not into prince it's into a princess i need you all to follow because this is where it's it's actually saying you have the opportunity to embrace your softness which is in this case for this specific energetic imprint leaving alone all of these many years of i'm ugly i'm unwanted i'm i'm supposed to so this is this is the part that is fascinating for me as a reader and a channeler and the opportunity that a person gets and then the opportunity that they don't want because they feel more comfortable in what they've known, which is to be strong and rude and, and, and in this way of I'm going to just be this because no, life is hard and people are assholes kind of thing, okay? And the way that it's portrayed though is with a no, no, but I want that. I don't want this. I want that. That's what I want. Am I going to get what I want? Okay, so we all have the three-year-old. The part that I hope is clear is how are you handling when life is saying you can go with softness. You can go with ease. It won't give you all of what you want, but it's going to give you something different that actually it's time. You can embrace another side of you. And the part about our brain, anticipatory organ, Okay, and how do you relate to humanity? If you don't allow yourself to feel in your own human being body safe with people and you choose, you want to continue a trust break and to have this bittersweet suffering tale, it's a default mode network that is used to being in the survival mode of your adaptive child. I need to prove myself and that's why you stay with a heart that isn't a three-year-old open spontaneous heart no you don't believe in dreams you don't believe in fairy tales you don't believe anything can come true and you don't believe in love because your body isn't able to continue to grow that because you're stifling no you're not stifling it you've chosen that reality is what you feel within you which is something that you will have began at your we don't even need the other lifetimes that's why i share with you where mysticism can support people but the reality is even in the absence of it 
you have a relationship with your body and your brain and you choose when you're speaking with your mouth how you're going to move forward and how you're thinking. So the story is only part of it. It's, am I going to be willing to try something different from my emotional plane? And if you're instead stuck on what you want yourself to look like because you are taking it up to do something uh, in a way that you've already known, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating to share, but it doesn't bring to some of you what I know that you might be looking for, which is how do you set yourself free? And here's where our lovely Sadhguru, he always is amazing. When I, when I think of themes and, and the energies around, because they always come together, true freedom is about becoming free from everything, including yourself. And so on that note, if a person can't let go of the image they have had for who they would become, if you will, or who they've decided they want to become as a grown-up, okay? And back to that one question that I was reading to you. What is your favorite thing about your personality? Okay, so if you haven't regained the relationship with your inner child, and so back to our IFS and our child parts work and adoptive children who are protecting a person from their inner child that will have had a zero one two three those first three years and four five so as a child not feeling protected this is the part of where as all of the good therapists have said if a person's not ready to meet that part they're going to be moving away from it they're gonna it's not resistance it's the actual inability to emotionally tend to what's coming up which is why good therapists are important for people that want it there are 4D mystics. They have no interest. Right now, there is a shift at hand. That's why I will be maintaining our channeled guidance and mysticism and integrating tarot and other aspects for the group of you who are susceptible to the energies. The difference is you're a 5D collective, so you choose and have chosen the human love narrative or in any way, shape, or form, you have the ability to emotionally regulate. So you're not wanting to stay within the realm of, oh, I can't trust people. Oh, it's all, you know, catty business. You're not into overgeneralization, stereotypes, none of it. You're not into the ancient people or into like, oh no, it's only yoga, only spirituality, only Christians, only this. No, we have wise adults for 5D Collective, because your body is your wisdom, which is we're all people. None of us are more, none of us are less. Either you have healthy self-worth, and so you're able to, with dignity, look at all people and yourself, and that's really it. You have no feeling at all to say, let me be the caster of a stone and say, you're not worthy. That feels extremely wrong to a person who has healthy self-worth, because you know automatically that that's not right. It just isn't because it's a heart that you're, 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 that's why we, we don't know what it's like to have the heartbroken and not worthy. The people who have known that once they come out of it, they, they will see the full compassion. They have a journey and that's why some they don't because that journey would be accepting and actually allowing something to surface that stems from this household of theirs from here which to my brain has always made conscious sense shame and guilt are what the infant will feel 
because they weren't able to make daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy happy. They were not able to soothe their household, and that was frightening. So they will consist, it's like a dog biting its tail. It's only if you become aware that there's nothing to be ashamed about because trauma unresolved and a household that's dysfunctional or dysregulated, alcoholism, abuse, neglect, da da da, all of these, they are aspects of a nervous system that is in a survival mode, it can be broken down without the story, which is what can create a conversation versus an accusation. The people who accept the psych education when they're presented it, it's because they have ears to hear. The ones who say, no, no, I'm going to continue being angry. They are adaptive children. They're not ready to hear. It's too much for their heart to bear because, see, again, I understand it because there's still that zero one-year-old. This is the compulsive thief from the Zen master story, but it's, a, it's not a compulsive thief. It's an infant that had a traumatized attachment situation, and their biological body is still maintaining that freaking, it's too much to bear, so they're not ready yet. The somatic therapists have explained why people who have dysregulated or modulated embodied self, they can't do certain types of therapy yet. They have to first do uh, certain types of, I think it's talk therapy, because they can't go into the body. They also need to move themselves into a safe environment, meaning away from the dysregulated, dysfunctional, toxic family, all of it. They have to be able to be surrounded by safe space and safe people, by the way, because if they're instead moving into another situation where there's toxicity again, they're going to continue to be dysregulated and dysfunctional. And so there's a journey when you get the good data that is very clear why we want more, by the way, Zen masters, so that we can support the ones who do understand at some point or another. And you know, here, we'll close on out with this. I have a story. This one's not mine. It was uh, one of my classmates. And I won't share all the story, but they actually had a very, very tough childhood. They had areas where they, there was numbness and more, and they were able somehow to figure out and get away from, from their home and uh, to have a family and a, and, a, and a husband and all this stuff, and they're happy and they're working on their healing, and, and so it is definitely something possible when people um, just know some, some people, yeah, they're, all of our bodies get us to want healing, but, you know, uh, the part about why, actually, this question was posed by the lady that healed from her dissociative identity disorder with uh, Daniel Siegel, this is in my disorganized attachment course with this DID, and she was saying, I wonder why, why, why out of all my siblings I made it out? My brain, it protected me, it helped me, to, why, why me? And Daniel gives an explanation, we've talked about it, those alleles, and it's only one hunch, it's not proven yet, but he said this is a study from, I think it's Europe somewhere, and the alleles basically allow for a person to feel deeply, so a highly sensitive person, not the ones who say, oh, I'm always going to die of because, see, this is what happens when you label yourself, and now I'm special because I feel deeply I'm going to lock myself up and not make use of anything. Uh, anyways, putting that to the side, um, the part that you can feel deeply allows you to have more resiliency. What this means is you have not a window of tolerance that leads you to be in a depersonalized, derealized, which is a dissociative clinical dissociation. 
and this is different. So the 4D mystics, they definitely have dissociative clinical. I've seen it. They lose fragments of time. They lose themselves when they're channeling. They're completely out. I have never been in depersonalization or derealization. When I channel, I'm like, whoa, this is fascinating. You know, I'm walking, I'm seeing things. That, that doesn't always happen, but it's happened more times than not. And I, at the beginning, didn't think anything of it because that's the point. I didn't be like, whoa, I don't do pseudo-aliveness because I'm in my ventral vagal nervous system. Okay, and on that uh, note, we'll conclude with flaws and imperfections. We all have them. Being able to be quirky and an open-hearted, spontaneous person. Straightforward for those of us who are healthy self-worth. Let's teach other people about it, those who want to be it. And it's by looking at each other with eyes that are compassionate, loving, supportive. And more than just that, we're going to be able to be there for those who find the good trauma information, the ones who want to walk a path and, and just to keep building a community of people who say there is not this whole devil evil if anything again evil is a person who needs a good therapist and if they don't want one you can't make them get one but we can allow ourselves to work with the institutions to try and figure out how can we spread the word and have more people know about all of this especially police and nurses and teachers the ones who work with people we need those people and that's why the psych educators the good ones have made their content available for purchase from all professionals because it is a working together with the good sciences and the good spirituality so they don't compete <laughs> we're not going to say some are better no no nobody's better we all have the same objective our humanity our evolution our species our kindness our love that's what we are so we want to move into tomorrow again and again and again until we can and not because we need to have an answer <laughs> to what tomorrow is. No, we don't have to. We can conceptualize and philosophize as our ancestors always have done. In fact, today we are way more connected to our humanity than we've ever been because of our lovely mammalian heritage. So let's share love. Unconditional is beautiful. And I will be back with more. I hope you have a lovely almost last day of the 2023. Tomorrow's the last day, but we'll be back again with more. Have a great one.